Welcome to Stories of Runeterra. My name is Guy Black, or Ravenhood, here on the interwebs, and I'm just a humble storyteller here to draw you into the vast world of Runeterra by Riot Games. The Riot Games community has crafted an incredible universe where anyone can get into a sticky situation, or maybe even be one. Each week, we jump into the Riot Games universe and narrate something from the world of Runeterra off of the Riot Games universe site. Think of this entire thing as an audiobook of leagues, stories, and lore done by yours truly. And this is yet another fan request. The story is Zack, the secret weapon. And now for my terrible impression. The angrier you get, the more this is going to hurt. Zack is the product of a toxic spill that ran through a Chemtech seam and pooled in an isolated cavern deep in Zon's sump. Despite such humble origins, Zack has grown from primordial ooze into a thinking being who dwells in the city's pipes, occasionally emerging to help those who cannot help themselves or to rebuild the broken infrastructure of Zon. Thanks again for tuning in this week into our Stories of Runeterra. Another fan request, so for all y'all that listen in, thank you so much, appreciate it, and if you have a champ that you want me to record, then let me know. Hit me up on the social medias at Ravenhood with a Y, and we'll go from there. And yeah, thanks again for listening. A group of Zonite children first encountered Zack when they were out skimming rocks over a sump pool and some of the stones were thrown back. The quote-unquote returning pool became well known to Zon's sump dwellers and eventually drew the attention of a shadowy cabal of Chemtech alchemists. Over the protests of the local residents, the alchemists pumped the contents of the pool into vats and carried the substance back to their laboratories for experimentation. Via a series of experiments designed to test negative and positive reinforcement techniques, the alchemists discovered the coagulate mass within the pool appeared to have psychotropic tendencies. Simply put, it mirrored whatever stimulus was provided to it. If treated well, it responded with childlike glee and playfulness. But when its response to pain and aggression were tested, the alchemists lost numerous augmented sump scrappers in the ensuing destruction. Most of the alchemists attributed this to nothing more than a simple reflex response, but two among their number weren't so sure. They questioned the morality of the experiments that seemed entirely driven to produce a creature of unmatched aggression. When the pair dug further, they discovered the project was being funded by Saito Takeda, a chem baron with a notoriously violent temperament and a reputation for bloody gang warfare. The implication was clear. Takeda sought to develop a fighter who could shrug off mortal wounds, squeeze into places humans could not, and who would obey any command. They also discovered the project's true name, the Zon Amorphous Combatant. As they pondered the best course of action, the two dissenting alchemists saw more than just a mirroring of whatever stimulus was applied to the viscous gel. They saw behaviors manifest without any obvious stimulus, behaviors consistent with sentience. They came to know the creature as Zack, and concluded that he exhibited the behaviors of a thinking, feeling being. They brought their findings to the spindle-limbed leader of their research team, but their concerns were ignored. 
Unwilling to let the matter drop, they began their own covert efforts to counter the violent teachings of the rest of their team. They sought to show Zack right from wrong, exposing him to acts of altruism and generosity. Their efforts bore fruit, with Zack showing sadness when one of the researchers hurt her hand and reacting badly when another killed a rat in the laboratory. Eventually, they could no longer tolerate the cruel experimentations being done to Zack by their fellow alchemists. One night, during Zahn's Progress Day remembrances, when the laboratory was empty, they drained Zack into a wheeled septic tank and dragged him to a far distant part of Zahn. When their act was later discovered, the foot soldiers of Baron Takeda sought them out. But Zahn's a big place, and the researchers were able to hide from their pursuers. They had thought to give Zack his freedom, but Zack did not want to be released, for now he considered the two researchers his family. They alone had showed him kindness. He wanted to learn more from them, and in truth, they were pleased by his reaction, for they had become so fond of Zack that they had considered him their adoptive son. To stay hidden from Takeda's men, they changed their identities and appearance, taking up residence in a remote part of the sump, far from prying eyes. Zack learned to mimic their voices, then quickly adapted to shift his gelatinous mass into the required shapes to form sound. He lived alongside his adoptive parents for many, many years, hiding when necessary in sump pools or in the cracks of the cliffside rocks. His parents told Zack of the world in which he lived, how it could be beautiful and full of wonder. They showed him the moonrise over the sun gates and the play of rainbow light on the stained glass roofs of Zahn's Commercia Halls and the bustling, vibrant beauty of their city's heart. They also explained how the world could be cruel and harsh. And Zack learned that people were sometimes mean and unkind, hateful and prejudiced. Zack rejected such behaviors and helped his parents where he could as they used their skills to aid the people around them without attracting undue attention. They did what they could to treat the sick, mend broken machinery and... Otherwise, put their chem knowledge to benign use. These were the golden years for Zack, and he roamed Zahn through its almost limitless network of pipes and through the many cracks in its bedrock. As much as Zack was a sentient being, too much stimulus from his environment could sometimes overwhelm his senses and cause him to temporarily absorb the dominant emotions around him, for good or ill. Oftentimes, he couldn't help getting involved in aiding the oppressed and downtrodden against thuggish bullies, leading to rumors of his presence spreading through Zahn. Though the majority of the tales were of him helping, others attributed destructive events to Zack, a factory destroyed or a crevasse ripping open in a sump neighborhood. Eventually, those rumors reached the ears of Saito Takeda, and he sent a band of augmented thugs to retrieve what he saw as his property. His alchemists had been attempting, without success, to replicate the process that had created Zack from droplets left behind in his vat. Takeda wanted the creature returned, and his augmented heavies surrounded Zack's parents' home and attacked. They fought back, for they were chemtech researchers and not without esoteric means of defending themselves, but their defiance could not last forever, and eventually... They were killed, despite Takeda's order that they be taken alive. Zack had been exploring subterranean seams far below Zahn, but sensed his parents' distress and raced back through the pipes of the city to the rescue. He arrived too late to save them. 
and the fury that overwhelmed him upon seeing the bodies was unmatched by anything the Baron's men had ever seen. Zack attacked in a ferocious display of stretching, smashing, and crushing. In his grief and anger, he demolished dozens of nearby dwellings, and by the time the battle was over, all the augmented thugs were dead. When the heightened emotions of battle drained from Zack's consciousness, he was overcome with remorse for the homes he had destroyed, and vowed to continue the good work done by his parents. He helped rebuild what he had destroyed, but as soon as the work was done, he vanished into Zahn's vast network of pipes. Now, Zack lives alone, dwelling in the tunnels and caverns threading Zahn, and bathing in the emotions of the city's inhabitants. Sometimes this enriches him, but other times it saddens him as he takes on both the good and the bad of the city. He has become something of an urban legend among the people of Zaun, a mysterious creature that sometimes emerges from cracks in the rock or a section of damaged pipework. Most times this is to help those in need, but in times of trouble, when the city's moods turn grim, his appearance can be cause for trepidation. Today's short story is entitled Protection by Graham McDeal. The golden hour between fifth and sixth bell. That's my favorite time of day. It's when most people in the factory wood finish their work shifts. They're bone tired, but they're done for the day. Work's behind them. A hot meal and home are ahead. The people are nice, and I always feel good squeezing my gelatinous body through the cliff cracks seaming the rocks around the factory wood. I feel love emanating from a man going home to his newborn son. I relish the anticipation of a married couple looking forward to a romantic dinner in the boundary markets. Their thoughts soak into me. It's nice, like a warm bath, though I tend to stretch out pretty thin when things get too hot. There's always a few people in the mix who aren't so happy. After all, life in Zon can be hard. Some people are nursing broken hearts, while others can't stomach the thought of another shift and feel nothing but seething resentment. I absorb the good and the bad because that's the way I was made. And the bad feelings sometimes make me angry. But there's nothing I can do about that. My parents taught me it's okay to feel bad sometimes. Without the bad, you can't properly savor the good. I follow the crowd until people start going their separate ways. A few lingering bad feelings drift through my thoughts, so I decide to do something good to push them out. I seep down through the network of cracked vents that I've been meaning to fix for a while, but just haven't gotten around to. I collect fragments of metal in my body as I go, extending them from my amorphous form wherever there's a crack, then heating up my outer layers to, you know, weld them into place. With the crack sealed, clean air from the pump station higher up in Piltover flows once again, which hopefully means fewer cases of lung blight in a good many of the streets below. The bottom of the pipe brings me out in the upper reaches of the sump level. Things aren't so nice here. Lots of people don't have much of anything, and there's plenty who want to take even that from them. The sump pools, full of toxins and runoff from the chem forges, remind me of the time I spent alone as a specimen in a laboratory. I try not to think about that time because it makes me angry. When I get angry, I sometimes break stuff, even though I don't mean to. I don't like the feeling like that, so ease myself into my favorite cleft in the rock, 
the one running beneath the twisting rookeries in the sky like Commercia. It's always nice there. People out together, browsing the galleries, meeting friends, dining or going to see one of the companies of players that tour the Undercity with their satirical works. The atmosphere warm and friendly. It's the perfect place to bask in all that Zahn has to offer. But, as I pass beneath the outlying streets, a spike of anguish ripples through me. A tremor of fear and pain disturbs my liquid flesh. I don't like it. Feels out of place, like something I'd expect to find deeper in the sump. That's the place where bad things happen more often than good things. Shouldn't be happening here. I get angry as more of the bad feelings soak into me. I follow them down, wanting to stop them from spreading. I push my body from the corroded pipes running below a metalsmith's shop. My bulk fills a space under the warped floorboards. Light shines and angled beams through the lowers of a grill set in the floor. Angry voices come from above, shouts and the sound of a weeping man. I press my body against the grill. My gelatinous mass breaks apart, only to reform on the other side. Push hard and quick, re-establishing my form inside the shop. The owner of the shop is on his knees beside a woman who bleeds from a deep wound in her belly. He kneels at her side, one arm outstretched toward the four men standing in the wreckage of his shop. I know these kinds of men. I see them all the time in the sump. Thugs who force good-hearted people to pay up or face seeing their livelihoods smashed. The interior of the shop is lit by chem lanterns. One of them is held by a man wearing a butcher's apron and who has a meat hook crudely fixed to the stump of his other hand. The other three are mere brutes, slab-muscled simpletons and canvas overalls and thick magnifier goggles. Their eyes grow stupidly wide with shock at the sight of me rising over them. I bloat my body, greenish limbs swelling with powers. I form a mouth where I think it ought to be. I really want to hurt these men. I know their emotions I've been feeling, but I don't care. I just want to hurt them badly so they don't hurt these people. This is gonna get messy, I say. My right arm shoots out, smashing the first thug from his feet. He slams into the metal stanchion by the door and doesn't get back up. The second thug sweeps a heavy iron club, a sump scrapper's oversized wrench, and hits me in my middle and is promptly swallowed by my pliant flesh. I reach down and pluck him from the ground, hammering up into the latticework girders of the ceiling. He drops back down, his limbs bending in ways I can tell they shouldn't. The third thug turns and runs, but I reach and stretch my arms toward the girders, and I spring forward and my hammer my feet into his back. And I squash him to the ground as their leader slices the blade of his butcher's hook down the center of my back. Oh, it hurts. Oh, how it hurts. The pain causes my body to lose cohesion. I fall to the floor in a shower of liquid green ooze. For a moment, I lose all sense of spatial awareness, seeing and feeling the world from a thousand different perspectives. The thug stands over me, gap-toothed smile splitting over his stupid face. He is glad he killed me, filled with pride at his destruction of a living thing. His pleasure at this destruction courses through me like a hateful elixir. I don't want to feel like this, it's not what I was taught, but to help these people I need to use the wrath that fills me. I must turn against these men. My scattered 
globules reform in the time it takes him to realize he hasn't killed me as thoroughly as he thought. I surge from the floor and crash into him, altering my destiny to that of a thundering pile driver. We smash into the wall of the establishment and the flesh and bone beneath me disintegrate at the force of the impact. I peel myself from the bloody wall, feeling the anger slowly drain from me. I form my body into something man-shaped as I feel the mixed emotions emanating from the couple behind me. The man looks at me with a mixture of fear and trepidation. His wife smiles at me, though I can feel her tremendous pain. I kneel beside her and she takes my hand. It is soft, and I am immediately soothed by her gratitude. I nod and place my hand on her stomach. Heat spreads from me as I ease a sliver of my form into her wound. I'll be leaving a piece of me behind, a piece I'll never grow back. But I give it willingly, knowing because of it she'll live. The portion of my body within her repairs damaged flesh, knits ruptured tissue, and stimulates regenerative growth in her stomach lining. Her husband wipes his hand over her wound and gasps to see her skin is pink and new. Thank you, she says. I do not answer. I cannot. Expending such power drains me, leaves me thin. I allow my cohesion to loosen, flowing back into the grill and into the pipes. It's all I can do to maintain my form as I pour down through the cracks in the rock, heading toward the places I know will be awash with good emotions. I need to renew myself. I need to feel all the good Zahn has to offer. I need to feel alive. I need to feel. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode of Stories of Runeterra. It's been a pleasure having you along for this ooey-gooey ride with Zach. Again, it was a fan request, so I hope that one gives you a little background into Zach. And if you've got a champ that you want me to record, hit me up on Instagram, social media, TikTok, Twitter, wherever you are at Ravenhead. And in the meantime, maybe be like Zach and find some goodness to spread with the powers that you got. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the flip side.